da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, we're back, ma'am, fam. We took a week off. We're sorry. We apologize. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen the news, but we're all from Texas, and uh, yeah, so polar vortex time mm-hmm. in Texas knocked out the power, knocked out the internet, and so uh, couldn't record without power. It was pretty tough. I was trying to think of ways to record audio without without power. I wish mm-hmm. I had my my Zoom device, not Zoom the app, but like a mm-hmm. a Zoom recorder. Could have done it that way, but then I was right. like, "How will I sync up with you guys if you don't have power or internet?" Mm-hmm. It was it was yeah. a big, like my brain was in total Zach Galifianakis mode, <laughs> um, trying to figure out how we could do the podcast last week. Couldn't couldn't make it happen. But I thankfully, tried to send you guys sat phones. We we thought about doing that, <laughs> um, but again, it was the they haven't come in yet. Recording part, yeah, yeah. We ordered them. We spent the money. They haven't mm-hmm. come in yet. Yeah. So eventually, we'll get them. And, but uh, We'll have a Unless backup. there's another mass yeah. power outage, it's going right. to be a pretty big waste of money. For all future ice storms in the, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, we are we are set with sat phones now. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I only like to talk yeah. over sat anyway. So if, I, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm going over a cell tower, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It yeah. isn't. Yeah, anyone that anyone who's a satty definitely <laughs> knows that. Sat um, nation. Exactly. Sat up. Well... I think that might be the Set. first time, fellas. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. Spreadsheet man might know this. <laughs> Is that the first time we've taken a week off or not released an episode on the main feed for a, a total seven days? Because I think there it might was, be. Because we've done like, yeah, we've taken time week. off, but we've scheduled out episodes and things right. like that. So There was a week early in, in the Mad About Movies history, like within the first six months, where... I think you were gone, Ken. I think you were skiing or something, and we uh, we were just like, "Yeah, that's fine. No one's listening to this anyway, so we didn't do a podcast." So it, it's yeah, probably that been, doesn't count. Yeah, yeah early seven years. First six so. months don't count. I don't. <laughs> that's not part of the canon. We've yeah. erased that from the canon officially. Mm-hmm. We have the well, mostly for all the stuff that would get us canceled. But the <laughs> but yes, that for the, that reason as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyone who's listened to that. Um, <laughs> Bless him. I, I applaud you. Uh, shout out to listener Tom, by the way, who's emailed us. He's a driver and said he has started from episode one and he's going he's oh, going through wow. it all of them. Uh, he said he's he's really enjoying it. But um, yeah, that's that's what he's been doing to uh, to hmm. pass the time this year to for his driving job is uh, is listening to ma'am from the beginning. And so right now he says he's around 2017. So quite a way to go for for Tom. <laughs> but shout out to you! I just wanted to say special shout out nice. and uh, to him. And hopefully we see him soon in the Discord, which he said he was excited to to sign up for here soon on the VIP yeah. club. And and uh, this movie, guys, was one that is still being talked about, watched in the What I'm Watching channel on our Discord. Mm-hmm. Um. Judas and the Black Messiah. And um, so it's okay, I think, that we took a week off because not much has come out since since this. It still seems sure. to be kind of the movie of the of the weekend or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. The Croods 2 is dominating the box office. We still haven't done an episode <laughs> on that. But Brian, Coop's you ready, man. solo Coop's up ready. for the rest? Yeah. I'll just log off. Go for it. <laughs> He's ready to go. Well, I know you've seen it 15 times him. by now. Yeah, we've so. seen it a couple times. A couple. That's the understatement of of the year so far. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah, HBO Max, theatrical. Um, Did this one make the Oscar window, Brian, for for this year? Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. I I expect when we see Oscar nominations on uh, on March fifteenth, thirteenth, fifteenth, something like that, that we will uh, this this will be this will be on a a, and if listed in a few categories, I would expect. Okay. I didn't know if they had uh, officially made this one of the first of 2021 or if mm-hmm. they had kept this in 2020 and already sent out screeners yeah. and things like that. I think that. for Oscar purposes, this is I saw this, this was a, a Sundance uh, yeah. screening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. an odd 
yeah. thing now. I won't speak for you guys. Sundance, for my but. purposes, this year more than ever before, because of how wheels off everything was and the release windows and stuff, there's always a movie or two that's like, man, I just couldn't get to that one before the end of the year and stuff. But this year, there are so many that I'm, in, I'm going to end up including this movie and I assume a few other movies that we'll, we'll see over the next couple of weeks. I will probably end up including them on my my 2021 list uh yeah. you know whenever we get to that at the end of the year i don't know about you solved guys, so much after the yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah this one well, it's unforgivable brian and uh, <laughs> i tried i tried i didn't yeah i didn't include this one in my 2020 list i i Sure. That's yeah. a that's a fault for me because it no, certainly seen would have been in there. I don't think we'd had access. We to hadn't. It. We had, yeah, it hadn't really come out uh, when we did that episode in late January. But um, mm-hmm. if we're counting that on the list, we might need to might need to do an update before the Oscars on those lists because there's going to be sure. two or three more maybe that come out that mm-hmm. we can include. But sure. but anyway, yeah, this one has been big topic of conversation in the Discord. A lot of people watching it, and um, so here we are. Um. Judas and the Black Messiah. And it's funny that we do this episode coming off of our 700th slash favorite actors episode. Yeah. Because my top two, <laughs> that episode, or final two, uh, are in this movie. Yeah. Um, Jesse Plemons and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. So very excited for me to, mm-hmm. uh, to come off that conversation and immediately watch a movie, a new movie. With two of my favorite people in it, so it'd be kind of funny, I, uh, Richard. I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie. It'd be really funny if Kent came on here and uh, talked about Jesse Plemons and Lakeith Stanfield and was like, "Yeah, this movie's terrible. I don't yeah. really understand yeah, it. Just, it. just, just completely just tried to <laughs> retcon my last episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully, man. not for me. I didn't really yeah. care for the performances. You know, the script wasn't bad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The actors. Mm, yeah, I think it was great. the people that were cast. Yeah, I think yeah. that specifically. Yeah. They really <laughs> let the movie down. Well, oh you know, man, I, I, I stand by my I stand by that, man. <laughs> I'm buying all the stock. And it's funny that we had that conversation as well, because I think last Friday they announced that uh, Jesse Plemons has stolen the lead in the new <laughs> Scorsese movie from DiCaprio, who is supposed to be the lead, but uh Marty has made an executive choice. Rewritten the, the script. Rewritten the script. <laughs> now DiCaprio's the supporting role, and Jesse Plemons will be the lead in this uh, Flower Moon uh, movie that's going to cost a ton for some reason. Have you read this book, Richard? I have. Okay. Is it worth, I mean, is it good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You would love right. it. Yeah. Sweet. I, I think I have it on uh, either audio. I think I have it on either Audible or like ebooks or whatever that yeah. it was a you know it was cheap or something and i'd heard people talking about it and i grabbed it but i haven't it's been probably several months since i bought it i can't even remember which platform i i got it on but I, I do need to check it out um david uh is it gain i'm blanking sorry my brain i'm tired tonight yeah. but uh he's also if you like that uh david grand pardon me um he has like a uh all of his journalism compilation is really good it's like all okay. each chapter is one of his other piece um that one's that one's nice even more okay. awesome but i love uh killing the fire moon yeah for sure sweet the devil and sherlock holmes that's the mm. yeah i knew that would be right up your alley so let's take take me through your general thoughts on this one um rb of uh yeah jesus black messiah um Sure. I know this. Uh, this is probably uh, you know I don't know how historically accurate, but I don't know what we, what we would say historical fiction, maybe, mm-hmm. or is it a hundred percent true? I don't know. Maybe maybe fill me in on that. Yeah, I, honestly, uh, I I this bad bad pod work by me. I did not know this story. Uh, just. Mm. Uh, going into it, I've done some research post, but uh, I knew who Fred Hampton was. I knew that he, uh, you know. I, I kind of knew of his story. But I didn't know the whole betrayal and the whole, you know, so much as that one, even when I started the movie, I didn't really know what the, the title was in reference to, um, which I felt really stupid. About that's, pretty that's, we can, no, we'll, we'll save that conversation, okay. but yeah, go ahead. So anyway, I kind of went in a little bit, but I didn't, I, yeah. So I, 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 long story short, I can't really tell you 
like I normally do. Oh, you know, because I'm kind of a nerd on this kind of stuff. No, this is a little bit different, but it's on the whole thing. I, I, I really don't know. Um, but I, I found it, you know, really compelling and, and all that on the whole and really well made and um, loved loved Martin Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover. Um, <laughs> so uh, on, on that front. But no, I... I is that sarcasm I, or is it you really did? I love Martin Sheen, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird, weird part. But uh, no, but... It was it was uh, a really really I found this to be a pretty moving movie, and um, and and obviously the actors involved are all are all great. That's three of the best, probably six young actors going, um, and so that that's great. But I, I found the story really compelling, a story that really needed to be told that I I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I was really glad I saw this. That's that's one of the rare ones where I I actually thought about that a little bit afterwards. Like was that movie great? Or was I just really glad it was made? You know, mm. sometimes, and it was just good. I don't know. I'm still kind of kicking that around a little bit, but it was it was something I, I learned a lot from this movie, which was cool. What about you guys? Yeah i I don't know when this movie was made, but I mean, it reminds me of a movie like Trial of Chicago Seven, mm, which yeah. is a film that was being I don't know in development for a decade or more. Um. And is probably more relevant now than it ever would have been mm-hmm. in those 10 years if it ever gotten made, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I mean, certainly this movie has maybe the most relevance to 2020 of of any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to the awards, that's why I was curious because like this could be a, a strong contender for, for a lot of that stuff um, in terms of like – uh, historical relevancy to mm-hmm. the, the current time, things like that. Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't. I did not know much about this story at all. I'm so curious about about the Black Panther movement, and I know, Same. like, yeah. it really has been sad how it's been portrayed <laughs> in yep. movies mm-hmm. for so long that it feels like we're we're just about due to maybe shed some actual light on the motivation behind it rather than like the consequences of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't think like, you know, times in movies where they pop up, like, sorry, I ruined your black Panther party kind of moments like that helps anything, you know? Um, And so I've always been curious about that. And, and so when I saw that this, this movie was in development and that it was, it was coming out, it certainly piqued my interest uh, because I've always been, been very interested in, in the historical context of that. The, mm-hmm. Like I said, the, the motivation of any movement really just, you know, bring it on kind well, of no the, matter what it is. And the, um, aside from like terrorist movements, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all about, you know, like, like civil rights movements, I guess. Or, the, or, the I Hoover, love movies about them. Sure. The Hoover era of the FBI too is is kind of endlessly fascinating. Mm-hmm. They have their hands in everything, and right, you know, it was such a had, such a totalitarian almost organization run through his fingertips. You know, where where presidents are scared of him. So anytime you can kind of weave that era of law enforcement in, while well, a lot of times it's very sad. You know, when right. what happens, it's it's and very embarrassing as an American. It it, it can also be very dramatically interesting for films. Sure. Yeah, I mean the no, the notion of of police corruption is, I mean that's just one element of kind of the the relevancy here. But I mean, yeah, that that stuff blew my mind. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know all the all of that. J. Edgar Hoover, um, you know, trying to neutralize the enemy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of disturbing. I mean, it is disturbing, Very much so. but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but, yeah. you know, I feel like in due time, people like that are going to be maybe, uh, I mean, well, they're already starting to, I don't know. When well, I, you, you think, it. yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's been kind of, it's always so weird that the it's building's like, oh, still ooh, named after. Why are we, why do we have buildings named after yeah. these people? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right. so, he, but so, he, yeah. uh, he, you know, yeah, he's been kind of retroactively, uh, you know, put away a bit, but, but I mean, just an enormously important twentieth uh, century figure in, in, a, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways too. Oh, of course, of course. 
Of which is bizarre, you know. It's how it's how do these people? <laughs> but I think, but what I want to say though on that is, you know, we we talk about. Uh, Wait, you're talking about DiCaprio's depiction of J. Edgar, yes, absolutely, right? absolutely. The, <laughs> the masterpiece in the masterpiece, J. Edgar. But I would say, you know, we talk a lot about how the the downside of like social media and and mm-hmm. mass communications and things like that, um, and all that. There are enormous tons of them. Uh, there are some upsides as well. One of that, one of them is this podcast. You get to listen to this incredible <laughs> podcast, but, but also like those sort of tyrannical people, um, they still come about and happen, but they tend to only last a few years, a lot of times, mm-hmm. Bec- but whereas no one knew what he was up to and he was just in that position across a million administrations, you know, blackmailing presidents and stuff. It's re- that's, what's really scary is mm-hmm. he's able to kind of do that for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to like Martin Sheen in this movie. I guess. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's, yeah. it's always good to see Martin Sheen at this age. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was like, is that John Voight? No, it's Martin. Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. The teeth were dead. Or it's hard because I always associate John Voight with teeth because of Seinfeld. But then I see yeah. the fake teeth of Martin Sheen. I'm like, is that John Voight? It's not. Never is. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, this movie can certainly, movies like this can certainly fall into cliches easily. Mm -hmm. Um, Bad writing, bad direction, um, typical, you know, file scene type stuff. (laughs) I mean, the movie opens with a, with a, um, a newsreel uh, montage, but Mm -hmm. it's done really well. And I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there within the first 10 seconds, I'm like, okay. But this is really well done. So, so I'm like, you can use cliches, but if they're well done, you can use them. Does that make sense? Like, sure. I don't know. There's a difference between a bad newsreel kind of uh, um, exposition opening, and there's a difference between a good one. And you're watching it, and then you see produced by Ryan Coogler pop up, and you're like, okay, we're good. We're in mm-hmm. good hands. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to be fine here. And gosh. And I apologize for not including him on my favorite directors list. We were talking about that on uh, Discord, mm-hmm. and like up and coming directors, things like that. And one of our one of our uh, Discord um, people pointed that out, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's a great one." And certainly, mm-hmm. uh, Coogler, anything he's kind of got his fingers on and is producing is is really strong. And this is no, this is no different. I didn't, wasn't familiar with this director really at all. Uh, Shaka King. Um, yeah. Only one other movies, one uh, other movie. Yeah. Uh, newly, 2013. Newly weeds. Yeah. <laughs> never seen. Is that a pot comedy or something? Uh, it sounds I don't, like don't know it, what that is. Yeah. Uh, high yes. maintenance on, um, on TV. I have seen that. I've seen a okay. couple episodes of that and shrill, which I have not seen. That's the, um, it's the 80 Bryant. That's the show, one right? with 80 Bryant yeah. on Hulu, I believe. Okay. So I've not seen that either. Um, so yeah, pretty inexperienced director when it comes to big budget movies, mainstream films. So uh, an, an NYU graduate, so obviously a well a well educated director, so somebody to look out for here. But I I don't think the direction took away from the movie. But I, there were times when I was like, okay, this this could be taken to a a complete next level if if a sure. better director was here. Like this is already good, but this could be like masterpiece level if somebody with a little bit more experience or cachet, maybe Ryan Coogler himself was directing really, this movie. Really well written though. Right. That. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the performances were great. The the writing was great. Um but um, like some of the direct, like how the story was told, the shot selection, yeah. like there was not a lot of flair at all in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that's this, it's very this, basic. Shaka wrote, Shaka King wrote it as well, right? Or co-wrote it. So yes. yeah, yes. kind of like the Artur thing, I guess. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely more of a writer than a, than a visual director from the looks of this. Because yeah, it is mm-hmm. kind of shot paid by numbers, but it's, it's really, it looks, it's, it, uh, it's well done, but it's well like done. 26 it, million too, pretty high budget for this. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Trial of Chicago 7 and that same notion of, you know, Aaron Sorkin's fine, but he doesn't, he's kind of a paint-by-numbers guy, you know, when it comes to his directing. Maybe he's getting better. I think he's, with every one of Sorkin's movies, he's getting 
he's adding a little bit more artistic um, creativity to them. He's he's stepping outside of his comfort zone a little bit, I think, which mm-hmm. is tough for him. Um, so yeah, and all it is does takes is experience. I mean, unless you're like Ari Aster or something, and you just have this immediate voice in movies, you know, coming out of the gate or Chloe Zhao or somebody, mm-hmm. it's tough. You know, and you've got to kind of make a couple of these uh, movies where all you got to do is get the thing done, edited, and and um, every and make sure everything is good. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would put Shaka King as somebody to somebody to look out for, given the uh, success of this movie sure. and the inexperience here is impressive to have something like this be the end result. But um, but yeah, I was uh, I was impressed by the movie as a whole. Well, we'll get into some more details here, but I wasn't like overwhelmed by, uh, I guess, the overall vision of the movie. The the uh, I don't know, I don't know the um, the uh, the overall effect of the movie. I don't know could have been greater mm. with somebody more experienced at the helm. I think, um, even though I think um, there's elements of here that need to be recognized and. Probably will. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, general thoughts there. I, I think you may make the case that, that, yeah, sure. I think you can make the case that, that, and, and I don't know because we haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything else that Shaka King has done, uh, at least film wise. Um, and so I don't have a great feel for his directorial uh, style and whatnot, but you could potentially, you can make the case here that, that the, the sort of underwhelming, directorial choices are maybe purposeful to just highlight the people and the story, you know, I, I, I agree with that to an extent, but sure. But what if this was like Steve McQueen directing this? Sure. Like, I think like with what he did with Daniel Kaluuya and, and, Mm -hmm. um, what was the movie wit widows uh, Mm -hmm. that we saw? Holy crap. You know? So it's like, I think somebody like that could just take this to the complete next next level. Yeah. I also think too that we we lost a little bit with this, and this, this wouldn't have been one that I would have guessed would have fallen fallen into this category uh, when I was looking at the, you know the film slate for the first quarter of the year. I think we probably lost a little bit of something on this one, not seeing it in theaters. I, yeah, that's that could be true. I think it, the, the emote, like I'm very emotionally impacted by every movie. So it's, you know, crudes too can get me whether I'm at home or I'm, you know, in a theater, it's, 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 it is what it is. And so certainly this worked for me on, on many emotional levels. Um, I do think that I, and I, I mean, I always, I try real hard, especially with a movie that, that, you know, is going to be a really good one or is going to be up for awards and stuff like that. I'm trying, I'm doing everything I can to, to give it all the attention that it deserves but a movie in a theater is almost almost always going to hold my attention at least 10% better than it is in my office in my house you know and and i got to the end of this one and was was again was very emotionally impacted by what was happening but i thought uh, i think this would end up being a little bit stronger if i i would be feeling a this room. a little bit yeah. harder if i'd been yeah seeing you know being on the big screen and in a dark theater and not having access to my phone and all these other things that, that kind of go into it. And, you know, I tend to think of the, 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 the quote unquote theater movies as like the big action set pieces type that you need to be in. I want to be the biggest screen, the loudest theater possible for this kind of thing. But then there's, this was one of those that kind of snuck up on me. I was like, man, that, that might've been, I really like this movie. I'm going to give it a very good grade. Uh, but I maybe the grades even higher if I, if I had been able to see it in a theater instead. It looks like F. Gary Gray was attached to direct at some point of this. Mm. I don't know if that would have necessarily been any better. Sure. Like I mean, taking it to the next level. He's yeah. fine, but... Yeah, he does some really good stuff and some not so yeah. great stuff. He he has a track record that we can we can say, I'm not sure that he, that he would make it a better movie or a worse movie, but but it's possible either way. Um, you know, if since Coogler is, is attached to this as a, as a producer... Would I have liked Ryan Coogler to direct the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, but I kind of want him to direct every movie. So it'd be cool if if uh, if he had done this. But I, I don't have any any issue with the directorial decisions and and the style and whatnot. Um, I I kind of like I said I kind of took it as we're highlighting Fred Hampton, we're highlighting 
um, the, the story that is here. And it's going to be a little more muted and perhaps that will make it more effective or perhaps it won't. And, and maybe we're seeing that it, it maybe wasn't a little bit, but I, I think that it allows for the movie to be about uh, Daniel Kaluuya and, uh, and Lakeith Stanfield and Jesse Plemons and then the, the actual human beings that they were playing and, and that, um, you know, I guess the flip side to your argument came, which I, I, I tend to agree with in in general, the flip side of your argument could be that you get a director in there who's trying to do director stuff and that the, the style and the flash and the whatnot kind of loses yeah. the yeah. story a little bit. So I yeah. guess if, if I have you my choice, I'd, I'd prefer, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, if I have my choice, I'd prefer this style with, with this kind of movie than I would, uh, over the top. We're really gunning for that, that director Oscar thing. And cause sometimes when that goes wrong, boy, it goes wrong. But, but yeah. I do think Sorkin is a good example of, of somebody who, is maybe not a great director at this point, but it certainly has a great voice. And, you know, you kind of take the, the quote unquote down of his direction, uh, in order to get the, you know, the, the, the many positives of, of him as a writer. And that's, that's a little bit, I think that's a little bit of what's happening here. Yeah. If this is a movie that gets nominated for acting awards and no directing, awards mm-hmm. i mean i think that could be a bad a bad a bad sign for it like shouldn't the director automatically be nominated if the acting does you know because the director is the one directing the acting so like I, yeah we'll see uh i mean if it's, it's a really stacked field for director already without sure. this movie I yeah mean, for sure i mean it's it's tough to it's tough to pull so i i, I can see what you're saying but I, i'm maybe i'm in the camp that's like it's not as that's not necessarily for sure one way or the other but you know i can see we'll some. see yeah we'll, we'll, if, we'll if see. all three of these guys get nominations and we don't see one for director then that would be you know that might tell you a little bit of something but um i i haven't looked at the um I haven't looked at the 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 predictions over the last couple of weeks. I can pull that up here in a the second. The short list to, for yeah. director. I would think it'd be like I don't know, Fincher, Emerald Fennel, Chloe Zhao. Um Let me pull up variety here. I know Richard usually goes to Golden Derby. I kinda like variety a little bit better. Min- Minari um, director. Yeah. Uh let's see. Let's go to director here and on variety. They currently like have Glow Chloe Watch Zhao. or whatever. Yeah, they got Chloe Zhao, uh, Aaron Sorkin, Lee Isaac Chung from Minari, Fincher, and uh, and uh, uh, Fennell from Promising Young Woman yeah. as the the shortlist. So that's what I thought. So there you next go. Next in it's, line, you're talking Regina King, Paul Greengrass, Shaka King, and then Florian Zeller for The Father, which is another movie we haven't been able to see, and uh, Darius Martyr from uh, uh, Sound of Metal. So. Ooh, that's a good one too. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it was a. You're right. Like as as much of uh, you know, despite the fact that we've mentioned a million times, and I won't harp on it, but 2020 was rough in a million ways, and part of it was the lack of movies and the movies that got pushed and the way that we had to see some films that normally we would have seen in different ways. It was a great year for directors. There are a like Spike Lee is out of the quote next in line on Variety's list yep. and. Defy Bloods is is a great movie and one of Spike Lee's better films of the last. What, Gosh, know, what a Spike had directed this though. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, sorry. I, you know what? I don't want Spike to direct this movie personally. I think this is in. I, I kind of like that. Then it becomes a Spike Lee movie, and that's great. Or I mean, it becomes a Spike Lee joint, and that's great. I love a Spike Lee joint. Defy Bloods was number one or two on my list, I think, at the end of of the year. So I'm always thrilled with a Spike Lee movie, but this was. I don't know, man. This was the this was the Fred Hampton movie, and I kind of like that it's yeah. it, it, it totally. stays there. Totally, know? totally. Speaking of Fred Hampton, uh, when F. Gary Gray was in talks to direct, this is a this one side note, and we'll talk about specifics of the movie here. Um, they originally were it was going to be uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. to play Hampton. Mm. Uh, makes sense because he directed him in Straight Outta Compton. And uh, Jaden Smith as Bill O'Neill. Dodged a bullet. So who would you rather see, uh, Jaden Smith or Lakeith Stanfield in this role? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. 
Sophie's yeah. Choice. I know, Richard, this is <laughs> your question for you. I know you're a big JD. <sighs> yeah. Mostly just his music. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. On vinyl only. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm a, you don't even listen on yeah. SoundCloud. You wait for the limited ed- edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that I guess that's – we side sidestepped a landmine there for having that be a – yeah, this version, this Netflix exclusive version of what this movie could have been. So, uh, also speaking of Fred Hampton, I, I went into this movie saying, "Oh God, I cannot wait for Jesse and Lakeith." But I left the movie being like, "Good God, Daniel Kaluuya is yeah. otherworldly. Yeah, so good. <laughs> like he's, he's so incredible. Good. Like he need like where is his name on the list, Brian, for best actor right now? Holy God. Like yeah, this is another one I was like, just give it just give it to him. Just he's incredible. Just he's like a... just like put it in his bag as he walks <laughs> off the set. Like <laughs> good God. Yeah, he's on a good run, yeah. Oh uh, my he... lord, man. <laughs> right now, currently, um man, they have him out of the top the top group here. Maybe he's <sighs> running as that is that is Maybe he's a that is bull. Actor. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is. It's got to be that he's supporting actor. Let me. Maybe they're running them both as as supporting actor. Let me. Let me pull that up. That's a different. Maybe that's a different thing. Sasha Baron Cohen, Leslie Oden. Yeah, he's he's in the he's in the top five on the uh, the supporting actor side. So I guess okay. they're running both Stanfield and uh, Kalu Kalu. I gosh, every time I, I stutter over. Yeah, it's Kaluya. Got to give the ooh is what I. From what I understand. Uh, so he's he's sitting in pretty in that that top five. They have Leslie Odom Jr. This is Variety, by the way. It has Sasha Barra Cohen in uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven and, and Leslie Odom Jr. One Night in Miami ahead of uh, of Daniel here. If Sasha Baron Cohen wins ahead of this, that's yeah. that's ridiculous. I'm this sorry. This is a better movie. Sa- Sasha Baron Cohen should win for Borat before he should win for that movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm I serious. Agree. No, I agree. like even though that's a lead role, like that's not even his best performance of the year in any movie. Like <laughs> Kalua was like monumental in this movie, like career defining, you know, like I know it's hard to break him out of the get out or black mirror or whatever you want to associate him with. But like, this was, this took him I, if I had seen this before my list, he would have been like on the list for sure. Like this took him to a complete another level in my brain. Mm-hmm. Sure. With Yeah, uh, he was with, on my honorable mention list as a when we when we say we're talking about our we did for seven hundred episode, like Kim mentioned, we did our top ten favorite actors. Yeah. Uh and I had him on my honorable mention and he was in that group that was just like uh, if we do this list again in three or five years, I you know I kind of expect we just don't have a whole lot on on tape at this point. But that's a pretty good run, you know, to go from Not he's bad. great in Sicario in a supporting role. Then you have Get Out, you have Black Panther, Widows, uh, Queen and Slim, which I wasn't a big fan of. We got a lot of people that that were bugging us to do an episode on that last year, and it just never happened because of the the time of the year. I didn't love that movie, but I thought the two the two leads were just incredible, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and now this, so that's you know that's not bad. <laughs> that's not a bad run. Yeah, it's I'll funny to see um, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith, and Lil Howery in this movie together, all from Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all kind of got their break in that movie, and then all kind of having some a semi reunion here, and Lil Rel still playing a cop mm-hmm. or slash undercover FBI guy here. But uh, love love when he pops in too. I, does that, his sitcom's not on anymore, is it? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think it was so. on NBC. Or something. Yeah. I, I think it was, but, yeah. I don't think it is. I would have bought the stock on him a few years ago too, but mm-hmm. uh, that one probably wouldn't have panned out as good. Um, my God, this Fred Hampton person, Richard. Uh, you know, what do you think about how Kalua portrayed him? Because yeah. you know, you're offended by how Tom Hanks portrayed Ben Bradley, like. Totally not like him. So what do you... <laughs> well, I, I you admit, admittedly know a little more about Ben Bradley, unfortunately, than, than Fred Hampton. But, I mean, there was just such a grace to that performance and to that character, the way it was written, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's definitely, you know... Look, definitely showy performance. Not a showy performance. It's showy on the page. Like, yeah. it's just so many speeches and, and like, honestly, this quote-unquote black messiah type 
role, you know, yeah, um, this say, leader of this movement, right? It's a lot this, to get live up to. It's a yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but he does, he does, he does. Oh my gosh, man, he he absolutely does. Um, so I I personally thought he brought so much weight to that character, and and I think gave some sympathy to that side of the argument, which mm-hmm. is um, obviously the point here. I think, you know, the line that stuck out to me and it's kind of early on in the movie is these days, a badge is scarier than a gun, you know, mm-hmm. like whenever, whenever Bill O'Neill is infiltrating the, or posing as an FBI informant right early on and he's using it to steal cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, why don't you just like, hold these people up he's like once i show them the badge that does way more harm than <laughs> they get way more scared than if i would be pulling a gun on them you know and you know that that i think is is uh very you know applicable in a lot of ways and certainly one of the one of the many theses of the statement aside aside from the whole uh you know police brutality side of of the thing there's the there's the uh, social and civil rights uh, aspect of the thing, and it's um, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty in- amazing how Kalua was able to, I don't know, take on that responsibility here and mm-hmm. um, do it with such grace and such such weight, um, such um, gravitas, if that makes sense. And man, I, I the, the the dialect that he had to do in this movie. You know, is not easy. Uh, yeah. He is. He's not not somebody. You know, I think he's um, he's from England, so he's an English actor. You know, you would never never know that because he's been in so many of our our favorite movies. But I, for him to transform into that southern dialect and to do it so effortlessly is is incredible. I mean, this guy. I, I'll, I'll stop saying. Just praising Dale Clue for the next <laughs> eight minutes, but like, um, there's so much about it. It's, it's not just like him reading the lines. I mean, there's so much about what he had to do to make that thing work. <laughs> that that uh, what blew my mind. But yeah, yeah, it's funny. Richard and I were talking off the air before we got on, and we both thought not very good in the movie. Yeah, um, so you've kind of you know. you've you've, you've uh, <laughs> no, he's fantastic, man. He's otherwise. he's I would definitely have him. Variety, like I said, had had who uh, a couple of guys ahead of him. It's it's. I'm I'm not so sure. This is not the the best the best male performance I saw of of 2020. So, agree. He's he's pretty freaking good. Yeah, man. I and, and what I hinted at earlier, Richard, and maybe kind of spoilery here. If you haven't seen the movie, um. You you kind of know from the the beginning that there's going to be a betrayal at some point, right? Who's the Judas character? Who's the Black Messiah character? Really, early on, you figure it out. And Lakeith kind of infiltrating, quote-unquote, the Black Panthers, um, even though he has this confliction, obviously, of like, I don't want to infiltrate these people because I'm not against them really um, in the end. And so it's like this, him trying to get out of, of the situation, Jesse Plemons, uh, AKA uh, Mitchell, the, the FBI agent is like, no, you can't, you can't get out because you're going to go to jail. Like the reason you're doing this is because you posed as a cop and that's a felony. And the way to get out of that is to do this for us. So he's like stuck in the situation really, you know? So mm-hmm. it becomes this huge confliction for uh, the O'Neill um, character person. I know he's a real person, so I don't, I don't want to call him a character or whatever, but um, that, that to me was, was a really surprising aspect. Something I really enjoyed about the movie was, was Lakeith dealing with that. And um, so, yeah, you know, it's going to come at some point like the, the, I guess, betrayal moments, and they kind of have that Last Supper. I uh, I don't know. It's not like literally Last Supper where they have a long table or it's set up like the painting or something. Like that would have been way too on the nose. But they do have that kind of like everybody's gathering for a meal, and sure. that's when the whole deal is kind of 
I don't know, figured out. Um, but yeah, that is a, that was a, a great, I don't know, parable to add on to this story or a way to, to make this story more relatable to people is by adding that, uh, that element to it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed, um, Lakeith as Judas. Man, he's great. He's just a, uh, he's got that presence. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, heavy, man. He, yeah, he can do the heavy stuff real easy. He's, he's very charismatic. I mean, he's a good looking guy, but it's a, I don't know. You almost run out of, of adjectives with, with, with both of these dudes, but I, it's, he, he has, he's just very interesting. I think Daniel Kalu, he has the power. He brings real power to the screen. Uh, Lakeith, to me, like every, pretty much every movie he makes at this point, I just find him very interesting. He always is doing something a little bit different. He's just a little bit, the movies that he does, like, sorry to bother you, he's been making the rounds in our, our VIP discord, uh, this week or, or last few days. And, uh, it's been funny watching people cause that movie is just such a wheels it's off. So and, crazy. And he's so good at <laughs> yeah. it. It's such yeah. a, yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but if you haven't seen, sorry to bother you, <laughs> look it up and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Um yeah. and it, you know, recent events might make it a little more wild. Uh <laughs> but but you know, it's it's he's so good in the movie, but that's such a it's a, that's an odd movie and he plays kind of an odd character and it fits to me it fits really well with his 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 screen presence. I I just I really enjoy seeing what he does on screen and and I'm as much as I think Daniel Kalu, he, he that that dude is winning an Oscar at some point in the next you know five five ten years, uh, that's it is going to happen. This reminds uh, me know. of when Joaquin did The Master, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, people like it, but like they're not he's not winning anything. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like this yeah. is like the best thing have, if he does something sure. better than this, yeah, then then I'll then I will put my hands up. Like that's how I feel about this performance from Kalua. Mm-hmm. It's like if he ever does something more. Oscar worthy yeah. than this. Holy moly. Like just that's why I was like, just give him the Oscar now and get it over with. Because like yeah. this needs if this should be the, the peak. If it's not, yeah. then we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But but I think Stanfield may be the one that you, you look at in his career in in you know, 10, 20 years and say, man, he didn't win the Oscar, but holy cow, look at these, look at this really strange and incredibly interesting career filmography that he's put together. Over, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to say is as, as much as I love Dale Kalua and as much as, as great as he is in this movie, I think Stanfield is the one that I'm more interested in what his career is going to look like in, in over the next 10 years. But yeah. they're both incredible. I, I mean, wonder, you know, wonder what kind of movies are getting offered, too. you know? Yeah, I, definitely. You can Definitely. imagine and, both of them are being like all the franchises in the world are mm-hmm. down there to where yeah. they get involved for sure, know? for sure. Yeah, but I, like all those, they're all great. I I kind of feel bad for for Dominique Fishback because I think she's fantastic in the movie too, but she's just overshadowed by. And, and, and truthfully, I mean, there's one of the more impactful moments of the movie, maybe the most impactful moment of the movie, hinges on her more than it does on yes. uh, any of the others. One hundred percent. It's just really hard to um, to focus in on that when you're you're kind of overwhelmed by like how how great the, these three guys are. But but you, I walked out of that movie, walked out, quote unquote. I turned it off <laughs> in my walked office, in, walked into my hallway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Walked out uh, of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'll be able to update. Yeah, my, how are these Richard walkouts but... working in your house? Do you walk into your kitchen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you... yeah, I go. I go. That's enough of this. And I just start cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, I, I left my, the, my viewing of the movie thinking, holy cow, man, she just, she crushed that. And she just, she has, you know, five scenes to work with pretty much comparatively to, to these other guys. And, and she was, she was fantastic. So you, you walk away thinking, dude, there's, these are, (laughs) these are all great actors. These are all great actors that are going to do incredible things over the coming years. And if they don't do anything that's better than this, then they, they've still, Okay, that's you know that's pretty good then because they're all really really good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is a a tour de force of of young talent, man. One hundred percent. And you forget sure. Jesse's even involved. Mm-hmm. And he sh- it, should be yeah. leading any movie. 
So if, if we were writing this as a movie review instead of a movie podcast, if we were doing a movie review in, in uh, 1997, we would say that, that all, I think we would say all of them, they're a revelation. Remember that? It's like the only, <laughs> That's a big one. The, it's like in every single movie review of the time. But, yeah. A revelation. That is a good one. <laughs> we need to try, we need to go back and find some direct quotes from the nineties, like VHSs oh, and start yeah. using them on Rotten Tomatoes as, <laughs> With our blurbs, <laughs> see if anybody catches uh-huh. on to that. Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, just to kind of, I don't know, wrap, start wrapping this up. Um, I think the, the, like I said, the actual story of the movie, the subject matter of the, of the movie needed to be out there. I mean, like this is mm-hmm. not a big rewatchability kind of movie. It's not meant to be. It's not meant to be super entertaining, even though it is, because these performances are so incredible um, across the board. I almost watched this one again before this podcast because I loved mm-hmm. it. I love the performances so much. But I mean, um, you know, any movie for me that deals in such heavy subjects, um, you know, I'll, you know, I'll watch every every couple of years or so. But um, yeah, that that. It, it falls more on like the historical epic side of it than like the uh, like fun dramas side of it that I like enjoy watching. Sure. A lot. So you know, there's such like history is not fun to repeat. It's not fun to look back and be like, God, we really messed that up, guys. We really we need to be better, and that's the whole point. But like, I don't need to be reminded of that so often. But um, that this well, that's the whole point of like this is like, gosh, we're yeah, we're awful. I mean, like, why 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 haven't hasn't anyone nuked us off this? Like, <laughs> we don't deserve anything. You sure. know, that's all I felt after this. Honestly, I'm like, sure. what are we doing? Yeah, but I mean, it's not like we're not being reminded of of this like on a pretty routine. That's what basis. I'm saying. Like, like when I'm getting mean, that it's enough, like, it's like when I it's, when I'm watching gosh, a movie, I'm like, just, guys, we're yeah. I, not to say that this. This movie, um, for me, it gets an A, an A. It would be an A plus with a little bit more flair in mm. the direction, but um, okay. it's an A for me just because it's got two career defining performances, and um, that should should be awards worthy, um, but sure. probably won't be. <laughs> but yeah, that's my grade A. Okay, what about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go A. I, I think there's probably, if for Oscar purposes, for awards purposes, considering this a 2020 movie, I probably saw a couple of movies that were better than this, but it's it would have definitely been in my top 10, I would, I would guess, uh, if yeah, if, I had, if we had seen it in 2020. So maybe, maybe it'll top be in my top 10 for, for 2021. Like it, I liked it that much. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. so, it would have been on the list. That for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Arby? For me as well. What about you, Arby? I'm going to go solid A as well. I was tempted to go A plus, but I, I, I think I'm just going to go solid A. It's a lot better than Trial of the Chicago Seven, yes, and I don't mean that as a yes. knock on on that movie, which I think was was a very good movie that was in my top like 15 or whatever. But just I'm looking through these these variety lists, uh, predictions and whatnot, and you know who knows? I don't know what their success rate is on uh, predictions, but. Like right now, looking at Best Picture, they had No Man Land as number one, and I I agree that's that's pretty likely at this point. They've got Trial of Chicago Seven at number two, and I feel like that is, um, again, if that movie ends up getting a a uh, a Best Picture nomination, that's fine. I'm totally okay with that, but it seems like an odd high placement for a movie that I think was done, I don't know, better was bettered by several movies that came after it, and you would think that. That uh, if nothing else, the recency bias would would play a factor, but but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that's the movie that should win like best ensemble cast, the SAGs, and sure. yeah. pick up a lot of Golden Globes. But I'd be disappointed if that won Best Picture. I did not mm-hmm. think that was the Best Picture of the year, but mm-hmm. I would definitely vote for this one over that one if I was a yeah. a voting member. But yeah, I'd vote for a lot. I'd vote for Mank over. That mm-hmm. one, yeah, on the Netflix. Front. Oh, same here. Yeah, Defy Bloods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. S- Sound of Music. Sure, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, Sound of Music. Miami. Sound I mean, of Metal. 
Sound of Music. Is that what I said? Sorry. <laughs> Sound of Music. Yeah. yeah. The they re-released it. 3D, uh, man. Uh, it, it was weird when they remade it and Julie Andrews couldn't sing. That yeah. was very tough. <laughs> Probably was like the Sound of Metal has almost no Nazis. Yeah. Here, it's so. like they're going deaf in Sound of Metal, but Sound of Music's like she can't sing. So it's kind of the same thing. Film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very dark joke. It is. My mom's going to be sorry. angry at you for that. Yeah, joke. I'm sorry. She's not going to be happy. I apologize. By the way, Brian, I apologize for my mean question in your solo AMA. <laughs> I enjoyed it. it was I, I didn't think it was, it was mean. I thought it was a good question, a tough mm-hmm. one that would make you think. I didn't think it was mean. My question was, would you, if you had to, would you rather get rid of your Chewbacca collection, which he, Brian has hundreds of Chewbacca collectibles, or your vinyl slash posters, which I know mm-hmm. he collects records and concert posters. Yeah. So like, which one, if you had to? Gun to your head, which one would you Tough. get rid of? It was a serious choice. And you, yeah. and you told me it was like uh, getting rid of my my dog or my cat. It's like, well, those are living beings, but <laughs> I didn't think it was me, and I thought it would be a tough, yeah, tough, tough choice. But uh, what'd you end up picking? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was it was a good uh, it was a good question, and I did. I picked my re- I will I'll keep my records and my uh, keep the vinyl my, my and the posters. posters. There you go. Yeah. yeah, posters are harder to replace. I feel like cause mm-hmm. it's like the sure. rarity and yeah. Memories. I'm sure my wife would be happier if I got rid of the Chewbacca <laughs> stuff as well. So eBay would be very happy if you got rid of your Chewbacca <laughs> collection. They would be all over it. All right. So, uh, R- Richard, you gave your grade? I did. I get a solid A. There we go. Nice. A's across Triple the board a. for Judas the Black Messiah. Really, really enjoyed this one. And maybe it'll come up again later in the year with awards talk. But before we get out of here, fellas, let's hit our weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. All right, Richard. Yeah, mine's a uh, a little movie that hit Netflix this week. A lot of people have seen it. I actually watched a movie we didn't do an episode on, so I figured I'd recommend it. Uh, have you guys watched that care a lot yet? No. My no. Uh, my little sister watched it and told me to watch it, but I have yeah. not. Uh, pretty pretty fun little crime movie. Um, Rosamund Pike, which we always talk about, like, where did she go after Gone Girl? Because she was... Seemed like it was going to be a huge star and then kind of just did little stuff for a while. Uh, it's a very kind of similar performance to that. Uh, a kind of sociopathic character that is up against the uh, Russian mafia. Uh, but Diane Weiss as well. And um, it's, it's a yeah, really cool cast. Um, and uh, it's I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a good like morning, Sunday morning movie with coffee. So, uh, yeah. So we watched it uh, just the other morning. It was, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Not a... Not one we'll probably do on the show, but but definitely okay. worth checking out. Sure, that was supposed to be this week's review, but we, we felt like we needed to do Judas and the Black Messiah. So I, and I think that's smart. The, so I thought we'd I go ahead and yeah. put in a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I'm looking forward to it. It was it was a big big topic of discussion in our in the Discord this this last weekend. Have you done uh Have you started um, Behind Her Eyes yet, Brian? No, and I. I, I think I watched a little trailer for it, and then I, I assume I added it to my queue, but then I for, kind of forgot what it was about. So that's probably not great for me, but because people, uh, that was another thing that was quite popular on in Discord this week. But it looks, it sounded interesting from the uh, it's got a good, the description and whatnot. It's nice British and murdery, so you know, okay. it plays at our house, you know. Sure, sure, yeah. I'm sure Lindsay and I will we'll check that out at some point. Eve Houston, sure. Bono's daughter's one of the leads. Okay. All yeah. right. So Mason's in. You're yeah. Saying. Exactly. Okay. All right. Good deal. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Brian. You got it. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, I the the show movie whatever it, it's 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 called a it's it's branded as a documentary. I don't know if that's quite fair, but regardless, it's it's called uh, Derek Delgaggio's In and of Itself on Hulu. Have you guys seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but that's uh, I know what that is, and that's odd yeah. that you are are recommending that because my recommend is in the same okay vein. Yeah, I haven't watched this yet, but I I want to. Okay. I, I'm pro magic. You're not. Yeah, I hate magic. I hate stage ma- stage magic and sleight of hand stuff. I think it's very stupid. I'm not a fan at all. Um, I but this was like you know my I saw a bunch of people on my Twitter feed were talking about it. This, this came out on Hulu. The end of January. And so uh, I popped it on while I was working one day and then I stopped working. Sorry, bosses. And was completely just totally enthralled by this thing. Um, it's kind of hard to 
to describe. It's a, it's a magic show, but with a like a sort of one man show, yeah, monologue like a narrative to it, style yeah. of of storytelling mm-hmm. that he does, and so he incorporates these tricks into his storytelling. And his stories are really like I, that. I think that's the difference for me between this and like the typically what you get with a magician or sleight of hand right. type stuff is you know if you sit up really in the rafters you can see it's all tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like he's a he's a great storyteller. Yeah. And so I always like Penn and Teller too because Penn's such yeah, a good talker. Yeah, yeah. Penn and Teller is like kind of the one where I'm like, yeah, I, the exception to the rule for yeah. me with most of this kind of thing. It's similar to that, but but the the stories they tell is a really interesting. And then he has a an he has a couple of different audience involvement bits, which is another thing that usually I'm like, well, I'm, if I wasn't out before, I'm certainly out now because mm-hmm. I I hate audience participation stuff, and it's like super fascinating. Everything they do is, again, I don't want to give it away, but but the bits that he does are awesome, kind of remarkable, and yeah, it's shot over the course of I don't know how many nights of him doing this show. So the audience changes, uh, you know, kind of perpetually, and you see like uh, Bill Gates is there one night, and oh, cool. Tim Gunn is there, and and um, I think David Blaine maybe. And so anyway, um, he does a thing at the end where he, when you come into the to the show, you choose. He has this wall of post its basically with with uh, titles and roles on it. And it just says choose, uh, choose your role, or choose who you who you who you are, who you identify yourself as, and all these sort of things. And then he just goes through the audience and calls them out, like one by one, like who who picked what. And I, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, I know that this is surely they fed him this information. You kind of know this sort of stuff, but it's so the way that he intertwines that with the the storytelling part and the, the just the concept of identity and stuff is it was it was fascinating so i i can't recommend it enough and it's it's just one of the the weirder things that i've that i've watched uh in recent memory but but is probably going to be something that that i'm still that i'm very uh focused on and still remembering when we get to the end of the year and we're doing our cool. you know our, our end of the year list so anyway i'm on and on and on i apologize but it's on hulu it's called in and of itself uh and check it out it's it's wild awesome awesome cool good recommend um that is odd uh, that you are recommending that because like i said my recommend is in the same vein um been on a big pendulette binge mm. over the past couple yeah. weeks. Um, listened to a bunch of podcasts with Pendulette. It's a great raconteur. He really is. A bunch of YouTube videos, yeah. interviewing him, talking, doing various things. Love, love Pendulette. So that led me down to the uh, rabbit hole of Pen, Pen and Teller Fool Us. Have yeah. you guys watched this at all? Big big player in in the Barden household. The wife yes. is a big Penitent or Fulos fan. So yeah, yeah, we've seen. I think we have seen every one of them. Yeah, uh, you know it's the only reason we keep CW. You know you got to have my <laughs> a, that in my arrow or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I, yeah, I went back and um, got a bunch of episodes to watch, and went back and over the past couple weeks have have gone and watched those. So the premise of the show is kind of like America's Got Talent or something like that, where Penn and Teller are the judges. And the show is these amateur magicians go out on stage and they try to do a trick to fool Penn and Teller into how they did the trick. Yeah. So it's not like they're going out there to say, oh, you get a 10 out of 10 right. on your performance because we thought it was good. You know, It's not like a performance. It's like, do they know how you did mm-hmm. it? And if they can't figure out like between Penn and Teller, because they'll sit there and talk together, if they can't figure out how this person did this trick, then they quote unquote fooled Penn and Teller and they get this trophy that says fool us on it, but it the F and the U are like huge on it. So it's <laughs> like they're giving him the like <laughs> F U you fooled us trophy, which is great. But some of these magicians, like a part of if you win, you get to open for Penn and Teller in Vegas. And some of them, you know, if you go on the show and you do this great trick, they can spawn, you know, uh spin it off into their own career or whatever. But great show. Um it's led me down to this rabbit hole. Like there's YouTube videos 
breaking down segments of Fool Us yeah. on how they do the tricks, you know, on Fool Us and how they send people full pin and teller, which is fascinating to me. Um, magic is always, to me, so much more impressive when you admit that you're not magic. Right? Oh, yeah. Like they always pin and teller. I always watch it trying to figure out how they're doing it because yeah. you know it's fake. And I'm like, sure. how are they making... But it's so funny. So many magicians try to you know, lie to you or, you know, whatever. They never get into that part. It's like, actually, you're more impressive if you're like, I'm tricking you. You know what I mean? Like, this is all, I learned this hand movement for six months so that I could hide. (laughs) Like, it's such a weird art form, but it can be so impressive. You know, it's just a a discipline. Teller's unreal. Teller's an unreal, like, slutty. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's fascinating. If you've never seen the Penn and Teller Masterclass, like, it's worth getting because, like, Teller talks a lot in it and, and is is I'm kind of I'm kind of the opposite, Brian. I I kind of I kind of love sleight of hand because it it's so explainable. Because yeah. like mm-hmm. it's just an art. It's just like a simple. It's like playing pra- an instrument it's like or practice. Something. Yeah, yeah. So she got to practice it. But like some of the stuff Teller does with it, um, he did this one trick a couple weeks ago with like a needle and thread that was fascinating. Um, but some of the stuff you can do with it is great. But that show is just a great use of pen and Teller. Um, it's got like eight or nine seasons at this point. Yeah. Like it's been on since like 2010 or 11. They shoot uh, it in their theater too, right? Yeah, so it's like they they've got such theater. a good gig. Those guys make so much money. They probably... Too, that show. Yeah, they <laughs> They're probably... They're so rich. Oh, they are ridiculous. And rich. they just roll in at like 7.30. Well, I make a million dollars a performance. And then they, they take <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes off and it switches to the Fool Us set and they do an episode <laughs> of Fool Us with the same audience. Oh, I bet it's... Yeah, I bet it's it's, it's sweet. Uh, Allison Hannigan's the host. She's great. Love Allison yep. Hannigan. Um, but yeah, man, great. Jonathan, great uh, what's Jonathan, his name? Jonathan Ross used to be the yeah host. the first couple Rossi. seasons. Yeah, um, yeah. Great he couldn't keep coming over though. Host, but, yep, uh, love love that guy. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a great use of them. And if you're into magic, but more specifically, like, um, you're kind of in on the okay. This is all a joke or a, a performance kind of thing, or like they're trying to fool them with certain things. And, you know, they'll, they, they do a good job. I think Richard on the show of like not giving away how they do the yeah, trick, exactly. like telling the magician how they did it without spoiling it for yeah. the audience. If that makes sense. Like they don't yeah. just say, here's how they did it and then yeah. rewind it and then show <laughs> them how they did it. Cause I think that would kind that of would break suck. the illusion. Yeah. But I think Penn and Teller just do a good job of they're like, no, we know how you did it. Thanks for being yeah. on. You know, because they because they've been doing it for forty years, or yeah. fifty years, or 40. yeah, it's and, crazy. They're coming God, up on fifty years, like so, in five God, years and, or something. I went back and on YouTube, there's the the videos of them old old the old videos when they oh, were yeah. like guests on SNL as like the musical yeah. guest, and the one of them where they're hanging upside down as the best magicians in the world. You yeah. know, it's and so good. It's like Weekend Update, but they're hanging upside down, but the camera's flipped, so it looks like they're right side up, and like all these balls are floating, and like. It's incredible. It's like that, those guys. It's like the best whole version American of American treasure. Like, like Carney's, like the, the best, best version of Carney entertainment. Oh, really the is. best like vaudeville yeah. thing you could ever. <laughs> you know, like like old school. Like, yeah, yeah. you'd see in the back of a tent, kind of. I told Brian once, it's like they could be famous at any point in human history. Oh, they would 100. be as equally <laughs> yes. famous. Like in the 1300s, Penn and Tower would be famous. In yep. 2730, they would be. You know what I mean? It's like their bit is timeless. Sure. Yeah, One guy man. talks, the other guy doesn't, and they do tricks. It's like <laughs> it's like the most timeless bit of all time. Yeah, yeah, they've got to be the best. And I love ma- Vegas ma- magicians. Like David Copperfield, kind of fascinates me too, to a certain extent, just because he was the first to do like these big scale tricks, and you know. But I think Penn and Teller are probably the most timeless, best ones. Like yeah, Carrot Top sucks. Chris Angel's lame. You know, <laughs> well, like, Carrot Top is not really magic. He's just like pulling yeah, out. He's like gags. joke magic. Um, I. Uh, they meet everyone after every show, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they go to the lobby and you can just go meet Penn and Teller. Everyone that goes to the show. Gosh, That's pretty cool. That. Yeah, go see. They they have their show nightly in Vegas, which is cool because they add... The cool thing is that they constantly add stuff. They're like a band, you know? So it's not ever the same. Like, you know, you can go in three months. It might be a whole different hour. But then they have a touring show that they do on weekends and they go to Windstar like once a year. Kent, you should go up and oh, see them. I would them. love to go to that. So it's kind of a lot of their older stuff, but it's still awesome. Like the bullet trick and all that. Yeah, I don't know if they can travel that one, but it's a bunch of cool stuff. The cool mind reading stuff. And, you know, it's just like the tightest like hour, 10 minutes. Like they're just 
so good at they're just i mean think about how many thousands of shows they've done it's unreal right right yeah so big recommend is fool us just like an easy time kill yeah totally. you know with the whole family kind of show and um is a good compliment to your recommend uh brian and i'm not joking yeah, i was funny. gonna recommend yeah, that those... to, before you recommended the other magic yeah, thing but that's, um that's really that's funny but that uh, i'll have to check out the in and of itself i'm gonna I'm change my recommend magic. to now you see me too so we can kind of keep the theme. <laughs> That's wizardry, though. That's not magic. That's fair. We figured, that out. <laughs> figured that out on our many discussions. All right. Well, there you go, ma'am, fam. There's the recommends. There's the uh, main movie of the week discussion. We hope you got to see Judas and the Black Messiah. If you enjoyed it, let us know. Email us. Tweet us at MadAboutMovies. Or uh, join our Discord. MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com slash VIP. We've got a lot of fun bonus episodes coming up there. Coming to America talk. Because the mm. sequel... It's coming out. So we got a throwback episode of Coming to America. We've got season two of The Office as well. Mm. So we're doing an Office retrospective. So we're talking about season two next, uh, actually this week there. So look for that episode, VIPs. So if you want to join up over there, which includes our Discord and video episodes, things like that, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. But uh, thanks. Thanks for being here, Brian. Follow Brian on Twitter, Beagles12. Follow Richard at Richard Barden. I'm Kent Garrison. Follow me on all socials at Kent Garrison. Again, follow us at Mad About Movies. Leave us a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. Subscribe, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. At the same. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.